girls feel best in the tiny dresses. Some girls, none of us wear pants, looking like a princess. Some girls kiss new lips every single night. They're staying out late 'cause they just celebrating life. You know some days you feel so good in your own skin, but it's okay if you wanna change the body that you came in. Keep their physique real private. Some girls wear jeans so tight 'cause they feel so right. Yeah. Some girls every day search and keep the beach turning, sleeping in late 'cause they just celebrating life. You know some days you feel so good in your own skin, but it's okay if you wanna change the body that you came in. Welcome to another episode of Clichéd Wednesdays. I am Ludo, and this week's topic is going to be man's best friend. Who let the dogs out? Who? 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 <laughs> of course, we are going to talk about dogs. And today in the studio with us, we are going to have Brody Gettins. She is a third-year journalism student here at UWS, and we are going to talk to her about dog shelters. We will have as well our host Carla talking about uh, therapists, and of course our Sue, who interviewed a greyhound dog trainer. To finish off with the show, we will leave another one of my weekly recipes. So stay with us and hope you enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was King by Ears and Ears, and you're listening to Cliched Wednesdays. In the studio with us now is Brody Gettins. Hi, Brody. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very good. We're happy to have you on the show today. Thanks. So you're here with us today to speak about the dog shelters. Mm-hmm. Before we go more into depth, do you want to tell us something about it? Um, so I decided to do this because um, I think that there's loads of dogs in shelters and then I researched it and found out that uh, there was 100,000 dogs in shelters and um, 21 of them, 21 dogs get euthanised daily um, and also bef- a wee while ago I went to a dog shelter, well it was the SPCA so they've got they've got dogs, cats, small animals. So I was going to go to see if there was any small animals that I could adopt. So I had a look in the dog's shelter and it was really, really, really sad. Like it made me cry because it was just really sad to see them in there. Um, and I thought to myself, why do people like, why would people rather go to breeders when there's like all these dogs and people spend like, People can spend like £2,000 on dogs these days when you can go to a dog's shelter and get a dog for like £100 and give it a good life. Um, So that's why I decided to do that and just kind of see why that's the case. Also, I I thought that in these dog shelters, it's quite, it's like dogs like pit bulls and staffies, dogs that kind of have a bad name with them. So I was wondering, is that why people... It, do people have a negative uh, thought of what dogs are going to be like in shelters? Okay, so let's see what you found out. Nowadays, people can spend up to thousands of pounds on dogs, despite the fact that in the UK there are already around 100,000 needing rehomed. Vet Dr Campbell explains why she thinks people would rather look to a breeder first before thinking of adopting. Obviously, if you're buying a dog from a shelter, you don't know its history or anything at all. So you don't know what's happened to the dog in the past, whether it's been abused or had any kind of ongoing health conditions. So you don't know what the dog's personality is going to be like. There is always a risk that it's going to be maybe have some behavioural issues such as aggressiveness. And it might cost you a lot in vet bills kind of thing. So I think it's just the, the not knowing what you're kind of getting yourself into if you're buying from your kind of 
adoptive shelter rescue place. However, Rosie McPhee, whose family have only ever adopted rescue dogs, proved that they are anything but aggressive. So Honey was found on Air Beach and she was weeks away from starving. She had broken ribs, she had gun pellets in her head and cigarette burns all over her fur. Uh, when we first got her out, she was very quiet, very subdued. If dogs tried to play with her in the park, she used to lie down to them, like literally lie on the ground because she was frightened. Uh, she didn't used to ever bark, but now she is a madam. She runs around mad. She barks and almost speaks when she wants her food. Um, and she's very, very affectionate. She's one of the most, much more affectionate than our last dog. If you're upset, she'll come and lie next to you. We're quite patient with rescue dogs. We had had a couple. We always thought it was something really nice to do. And from the story, it just seemed like she was a dog who really needed some extra help. So we thought we'd be a good fit for her. But Chris Quinn, whose family breed dogs, which have won best breed at Crufts several times, doesn't believe that rescue dogs are for everyone. First time buyers should opt for, you know, a puppy because taking on a rescue dog is a lot of work. Also, with a puppy, you can form a bond, and for children, it's really good for them to experience um, the benefits of looking after something that can't give anything back to them. It's really important for children to learn this life skill, and obviously first-time dog owners as well, even as adults. Maybe older people or people in retirement definitely should consider the option. However, Shannon Brown proves that not only rescue dogs can be a lot of work, and costly after her tragic experience with an unethical breeder. Our wee nanny, he started to get sore paws and he was biting them all the time and he was limping. All different things kept going wrong. I averaged out about £90 a month at the vet for his treatment for his tablets. Um, it was £300 to get, get him tested to find out what was wrong with him and they basically told us it was genetics. So we decided to look into the woman that did breed him and we found an article about her and she was banned as a breeder but she'd still continued to breed. So this woman was breeding and breeding and she was just churning out all these wee dogs for money. So Manny was only five years old when we had to make the decision to put him to sleep because the vet told us there was nothing else they could do for him. I would urge people now where you can go and adopt and I know a lot of people say Oh, but we want a wee puppy and raise it with our children and stuff like that. But you can get puppies or really young dogs at these shelters and it's going to give them a better chance in life as well. If you are interested in rehoming a rescued or pre-loved dog, then you can find out more through Dogs Trust or the SPCA. Brodie Gettins, UWS News, Air. That was a really nice and cute feature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well yes. done, Brody. <laughs> I have to say, like, I'm a dog lover. Mm-hmm. And I have to say your feature really made me think because I'm thinking in the future to have a dog. And I always wondered if buy a dog from a breeder or actually rescue one. And after this, I'm going to say I'm probably going to rescue one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should definitely consider it. I always been on the idea of the idea to rescue one. Like I don't have a dog, I have a small cat, but I rescued her. Mm-hmm. And she was she was okay, but she had I had to bring her to the doctor because she was not feeling too well. Now she's alright. But I would always rescue an animal whatever it is rather than buying it. I'm a dog lover, so I I do have a doggy, but like 
back home, I don't think this is very popular to rescue dogs. It's more to go and buy them from a breeder. Like you do your research very well and then you go and buy them. Mm -hmm. But do you think like here in Scotland is do you have more like shelters? Um like is it a big thing here? There's there's the SPCA, there's Dogs Trust, um I'm sure there's Animal Rescue Scotland as well. There probably is more. I don't really know if you have that where you come from. Um there's like obviously we've got loads of pet shops as well, but mostly that's where you get small pets and you need to buy them. But you can rescue small pets as well. I was going to rescue two guinea pigs, but I wanted two girls, and in in the shelter they only had boys, so I did go to a pet shop. Um, but like my boyfriend, he has rescued cats as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's the same idea with them. Like people will think they're going to the cats all scratchy they're vicious they've got a rough background when his cats are lovely like they're really nice they like they, you can pick them up they don't scratch they're just like normal house cats one of them was actually like a stray cat that got picked up into a rescue center um and he adopted it was there a change of their behavior since he adopted them um i'm not sure because i think he's had them for like a long time now but I can imagine that um, he did have one called Moon, but it, it passed away. So I think that one, he was, that cat was quite like timid at the start, but then he was a really, really friendly cat. He's got another cat called Betty. She's really old um, and she's like quite grumpy, but she's not vicious. You can still pick her up, but you can tell she's like, she likes to be like secluded mm -hmm. away. Um, so you can kind of tell that she's been a stray cat, but she won't scratch you. You can pick her up and stuff. Mm. I think that's one of the biggest thing when people adopt animals from the shelters. Like that's what I would think as well. Mm. Oh, I don't know they if it's gonna be. They want them to be a loving animal. Yeah. Well, I can say that I had two cats in all my life. Uh, <laughs> the one that I have, of course, she's still alive. But I had a first bad experience because I rescued a cat. She was lovely at the beginning, but then she started scratching us and we were kids. So my mom was a bit worried and we had to give her away. But even though like our first experience was not that great, we didn't give up and we decided to rescue this one as well. And now she's really lovely and and very fussy. <laughs> I mean, you can if you do get a dog and it's maybe not like friendly, then you can train it. Like there's plenty of dog trainers in, yeah. in Scotland that that are really good and can train dogs. So I don't see why it would be an issue. I think yeah. it's just like people think that uh, when the dog is already like grown up, it's impossible like to change his mm -hmm. or her behavior. Yeah. I think it's just going to be more difficult, but not impossible. Yeah. That's in like from <laughs> my point of view and even like hearing from my other friends who have a lot of dogs, they train them all and they're all very but what um, Rosie, who I interviewed, also said, um, she said that although her dog is, she said seven or ten, I can't remember, although it's like quite old, it's acting like a puppy because it missed out on those years of life oh because obviously God. it was abused. <laughs> so now it's like, it's as though it's still a puppy and it's living a puppy life. So it's not like an old dog. 
because mm-hmm. it's missed out on having a puppy life. How so old now, is I'm sure she said seven, eight, or nine. Wow. Over five anyway. So yeah. it's not a puppy. It's, a, it's an old. Puppy. It's an old dog. But like, I've I've met the dog and she's really nice. You wouldn't think that she's an old an old dog or anything. Yeah, I also think that people has a problem to buy, to rescue a dog. While all these people now in this social media world, they just mm-hmm. want to post their dogs like everywhere. See, Designer I heard that dogs. after yeah, see after the movie Hachiko, so many people were looking for the Shiba Inu dog because they just wanted that one mm-hmm. because they saw it in the movie and they were like, oh, I this is a fluffy one, and just. They just went that one, so they wouldn't even think to go to a shelter. I think that's quite popular with French bulldogs just now. Like, you see loads of, of pictures of them on, like, Instagram, and they're, like, this bluey-grey colour, and people want, oh, I want one of them. I want the pictures I want on social media. But those dogs are, like, £2,000. So I think people, they're designer dogs. It's just, like, something people want. Mm-hmm. They just think of the, like, material aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, some breeds are created to be, like, designer dogs. Like, they literally inject stuff in them to keep them small, which is quite wrong. You can do a feature on that next time. Yeah. Yeah. What was your experience when you were doing this feature? Was it emotional for you? Was it hard to do it? Did you meet... You said that you've met some of the dogs and the people you interviewed. Did you meet all of them? And did you meet some that you didn't include in it? Um, Well... I was really not looking forward to going to the SPCA to like record sounds of dogs barking and maybe try and talk to someone there because I'd been to the SPCA before and I, it was really sad. I went and and I came out in tears. So when I was doing this, I was like, oh, I'm going to need to go back there again and see that. Um, so like you go in and then it's just like rows of cages down mm. a corridor. But I didn't go in this time and walk down. I just stood at the door and recorded the sounds because I didn't want to start. I didn't want to get myself upset. Um, Honey, I've met her. She's a really nice dog. And when I first heard the story, it's, it's really sad. And she's still got scars all over her and stuff from where she got shot. Um, Shannon's dog, I hadn't met him, but I saw loads of pictures. Um, and that he was a really young dog as well. I'm sure she says his age. So that was sad to hear about it. And it was really sad like to see her talk about it because it was her wee dog. So, But like I was also wondering, I know that in some places you can actually go and play with the dogs. Couldn't you do the same with the... Um, you can't do it in SPCA, no. no. Like they're in cages. I'd not, maybe in Dogs Trust you can. I do know that if you adopt, if you're going to rehome a dog, then it, you need to go like a few weeks. You need to go maybe say six weeks or something to visit it and get used to it and play with it before you take it home so it gets used to you. But I don't think you can just go in and play with them. That Like, I don't think you can do that, obviously. That's a case. shame, though. How are the dogs in the cage treated? Like, do they give them um, food, like medical um, I'm, uh, yeah, I think help. they've got like vets and stuff. They've all got they've all got their own wee cage in the SPCA. They've all got their own wee cages. There's like dog bowls, food. Um, a bit of it goes outside, and then a bit of it's in the, on the inside. And I think they they get they get taken walks and stuff because I saw a woman leading the dogs out mm. on a lead. That's good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like it's interesting because I know in Slovakia you are allowed to go there and play with them and take them for a walk and bring them some stuff. So that's interesting in Scotland. I mean, it would be nicer for them to be in an actual home. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, thanks very much, Brody. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It was a very interesting piece. Thanks. I'm 
kisses Are you weak as me? If not, do you wanna be? I'm 
You are listening to Cliched Wednesdays and there was Taylor Swift, Gorgeous. Mm, then our song Maroon 5 and Julia Michaels will help me out and Sana Gomez and Marshmallow Wet Wolves. Staying on the same topic, Kyla has prepared something for us. As a huge dog fan, she went to Paisley to meet with some of the UWS therapists. Here's what she found out. Recent studies show that petting a dog helps people to divert their attention away from their own fears or anxieties. Studies also show that excessive stress, like the kind students may experience, affects their memory. An activity that relieves that stress, even for a moment, improves students' results. For this reason, Canine Concern Scotland launched Pause Against Stress. During these events, dog owners visit universities so students can cuddle and play with their dogs. I spoke about it with Heather Ward, one of the organizers of Pause Against Stress at the University of the West of Scotland. 2015, early 16, um, myself and the other advice worker invited lots of um, dogs for the Paisley campus, Air campus and the Hamilton campus. We do it twice a year at the end of trimester one and two, just before the exam. And every year it gets more and more popular and it's the one thing in our calendar of events that has students queuing down the corridor, desperate to come in and play with the dogs. And without exception, every single time the students then leave the room after having 15 minutes with the dogs, every one of them has a smile. They are, um, they've enjoyed it, they feel de-stressed. The University of the West of Scotland went further organising events and now the student union in Paisley has its own therapist, Bilbo, a lovely two years old pug. I met Bilbo and her owner, Melanie Kinked, a third year psychology student. Melanie explained to me how Bilbo is helping her and other students and how dogs can become therapists. For therapists, uh, you have to own, have owned the animal for over six months and it has to be over a year of age. And then you get an assessor to come out and assess your dog. Um, they take them to public spaces, see them in their home, assess what they're like with strangers, new people, put them in different situations. And from that, you get they have a checklist to fill in. And if you get all your ticks, then you get your therapist. But we knew from when we got Bilbo that she'd be a perfect therapist. She's just got such a lovely nature. She loves people. She thinks that everyone loves her as well. Speak. <laughs> Good girl. She's our resident therapy dog. She gets a variety of different students coming to spend time with her. And to be honest, if they sit quietly on their own, Bilbo will go and say hello to them and make herself their friend, whether <laughs> she's invited or not. But everyone loves her and it's, it's lovely to see how happy all the students become. When they see Bilbo, the smiles on their faces. I also spoke with Amy Russell, a student at UWS, about the effects of therapists in universities. And here is what she said. It is it's a different atmosphere when you do have dogs around, I think. It's just a bit more playful, a bit more relaxed and less school-like, almost. Less serious and less strict. 
even though we are still it is in the union, so it's a bit more of a fun place. It, I think it still is attached to the sort of stigma of my uni. I still need to study. I still need to do my work. But when there's like dogs or something else going on, then it, it takes your mind off it at least for like five or ten minutes. And this is Carla Buscema reporting for UWS Radio. I love the woo at the end. It was more like that's like my dog. My dog is a Chihuahua and she barks what, like that. Was that your dog? No, it's not. Oh, but I thought it was original piece. Curse is vicious. From your baby. <laughs> my love is not vicious. Anyway, I really enjoyed I enjoyed doing this piece, especially because I got to meet Billboard, the dog that you can hear in the interview. <laughs> like you can act like. This dog is so well trained that the owner will say speak and the dog will bark. But it was like, is that a lovely dog? Because he was like barking. <laughs> but, but it was barking in a in a bad way. See, when my dog is barking, you have different barks. You have the friendly bark, like, oh, I want to play. And then you have the other one, like, stay away from me. No, no. Mm-hmm. Bil- this sounded like that. That's no, why. no, no. Like therapists and Bilbo is a therapist. They are especially trained, like I couldn't include this in my interview, but like they explained to me they are especially trained and chosen because they are lovely dogs who love people and are able to stay around people and they are chosen because they won't threat, they won't bark that much. So Bilbo only barks if you ask her to bark and they won't jump up. So if people are scared of dogs, they don't have to be scared of these dogs. Because, yeah. as I say, they're specially trained. Why did you specifically you decided to use this topic? Well, first of all, I'm a dog lover. As <laughs> you might have understood by now, like, I love dogs. And then I attended one of these events last year mm-hmm. with therapists during my exam period. And I have to say they really helped. Like, I, whenever I'm sad, I'm stressed... I feel like having dogs around me makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. See, like when I'm back home, when I was in high school back home, I am, when I was studying, I always had like my dog next to me and I would pet her as I'm like studying and that would like automatically distress me. So now do you feel a huge difference between now that you're living alone in Scotland and when you go back home in Italy? She's not living alone. Not alone. <laughs> oh my like, god! Wow, thanks! Alone meaning away from her family. I'm her family now. Maybe, maybe you should bark at home. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have a question to ask here. No, no. To answer your question, Ludo, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel the difference. Yeah. Like sometimes I really, really miss my dog. And when I'm back home and she sees me, she's like so happy. And like, when I, like, see when I left to come back here now mm-hmm. my family said that the dog didn't want to eat for a few days and she was oh. just like in her bed and didn't want to leave and she was really sad and I'm like I feel you and sad too <laughs> <laughs> see last year so Bilbo is the, the dog the, the small dog yeah small black. she's a small uh, pug a and pug. she's called Bilbo after the uh, Lord of the Rings yes yeah. <laughs> oh <my laughs> but See, last year, I was doing a certain therapist as well. And what they told me is that they try to stay away from small dogs because they have the opposite effect on people. Did you find out something different this year? Well, to be honest, like maybe if you're someone who is scared of like dogs, small dogs, as they tend like to, I think, jump up more and run more about, they're maybe not 
really good. But like this dog, Bilbo, like she's really, really good. Like as the owner was saying as well, even if you don't want to be friend with her, she's going to make you. Well, from, from my point of view, actually, when I was a kid, I was a bit scared of dogs and I was afraid of uh, big dogs. But I was actually like, I liked small ones. Mm-hmm. So it's like the opposite for me. Yeah, but it's not because like when I, I found big ones more intimidating yeah. because probably because I was a child. Yeah, but it's because like I remember what they were telling me because uh, there was this little dog and I took so much footage of it because it mm-hmm. was so funny. Like people would be around it and like they would throw the ball and, and this dog I don't remember its name, but like it was really fun. Like he would jump up, up and down all the time, like for the full two hours he didn't stop and then i spoke with the the organizers of the event and they said this is the only small dog we have because the big dogs they are more calm they don't jump as much and that is basically the impact they're looking for they want to make you feel more relaxed whereas the other dog they were it was making everyone feel excited so it was the opposite effect (laughs) to be honest i think even having dogs like that like small ones that would jump and play more it's good because like it's gonna make people play with them and this automatically thing is also mm-hmm. gonna calm them down because you're gonna like yeah. enjoy and have fun at the same time. Yeah, like time. they make you comfortable yeah. anyway. Maybe it's just a very individual personal. Yeah, yeah I think so. Probably. Hmm. Well, it was a good thing. Like, I don't know, this year, do we have this in our campus? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, I'd say to uh, check the website, but like they, when the timing is approaching, which I think will be November, the end of November, mid-November, yeah, that, that the therapists are coming. But like, just check the boards, guys, and they're going to the Facebook page. We're going to yeah. let you know as well. So just check, check our Facebook page as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're going to put up um, a paper on the board and you're going to see when the doggies are coming. Make so sure. It, is this only that. for our campus and we're based in Air, or is it for? It's for the old campus that they're bringing yeah. dogs. So Air, Paisley, and Hamilton. Yeah. Okay, great. That's great. So yeah. should we play some songs, shall we? Yeah. All right. I was wondering about your mama. Did she get the job she wanted? So that car that gave her problems I'm just curious but I'm honest Though you're wondering why I've been calling Like I got ulterior motives Though we didn't end it so good But you know we had something so good so I'm wondering Can we Still be friends. Can we still be friends? Doesn't have to end. And if it ends, can we be friends? Been calling 
Welcome back. You're listening to Clichéd Wednesdays with Petia, Carla, Ludo and Sue. And that was Justin Bieber, Friends and Charlie Puth with How Long. This week, Sue spoke with Mr. David Carlson, who is a greyhound dog trainer, about dog races. And here is what she found out. Greyhound racing is an organized competitive sport in which greyhound dogs are raced around a track. Today I will talk with Mr. David Carlson, one of the trainers who will tell us more about sport and dogs by themselves. Mr. Carlson, could you please tell us where this sport came from? Okay, so at first these dogs were used to hunt and kill hares and then it slowly evolved into racing competitions where people could bet on greyhounds like they bet on horses. How did you become interested in this sport and when you decided to become a trainer of these dogs? So when I was a child, my dad used to take me to see the races and I always really enjoyed it. And that's kind of when I got interested in it. And I started professionally when I was around 22. And now I've been doing it for over 10 years. And i couldn't be happier with the job. And what age dogs become able to uh, compete properly? In the UK, the greyhounds have to be at least 15 months old and physically mature in order to race. And they retire between the age of 3 to 5. But they can also race afterwards if they are strong enough. But most of them are quite tired, which means they become very slow. Um, I have one at home right now, he's around six years old, he's no longer racing because he was becoming way too slow. How old is a puppy when you start with the training and after how long they can retire? Training should initially begin when the dog is 14 months old and the trainers usually start by teaching him how to launch from the starting box. And afterwards, the trainer has to encourage the dog to chase the hare. And over a three-month period, the racing distance is increased from the starting box from 50 to around 500 meters. Tell us, how often can a dog compete And when it comes to care? Is there something special what they need or how are you taking care of them? Greyhounds can only race once in five to seven days and when, when it comes to taking care of them they need to be groomed on a regular regular basis to make sure their coats and skin are kept in uh, good condition they also need to be given regular regular daily exercise to ensure they remain fit and healthy and on top of this they also need to be fed good quality food that meets all their nutritional needs throughout their life. Since greyhounds have very thin coats, it is important, particularly in cold weather, to keep them warm. So uh, during the winter, most trainers usually put coats on them. When it comes to people, are they friendly? Is it hard for them to get along with people, or it's alright? When it comes to taking care of greyhounds, as best, they're very good in the household and they get on with people very well. They should always 
be showered with praise and affection and included in the I believe that this short talk with Mr. David helped you to get to greyhounds no better and I hope you learned something new about this amazing animal. That was Demi Lovato with Sorry Not Sorry, and now it's time for one of Ludo's weekly recipes. So Ludo, what Hello are you everyone. having today? Yeah, so for this week recipe, I'm going to teach you guys how to make two pies. It's a really easy recipe and I always make it when my friends are coming over because it's fast and usually everybody likes it. 
So it's going to be, I'm going to teach you how to do two pies, leeks pie and peas pie. First, I'm going to focus on the leek one. Slice your leeks and prepare a pan with some extra virgin olive oil. When you sliced all your leeks, cook them in a pan for about 15-20 minutes, let's say. And if you see that they are drying out, just add a little bit of water in the pan. At the same time, uh, take a pot for the peas, add some olive oil as well, and put inside sliced onions. Wait a few minutes till the onions are uh, frizzling and put the peas in. As well, uh, wait for about 15-20 minutes. Meanwhile you wait for, meanwhile you wait, uh, for them to cook, prepare the two puff pastries. Roll them out with, and with a fork, just make few holes, uh, roll a little bit the borders. So, so that when you put all the ingredients on the puff pastry, they don't fall over. Uh, when the peas and leeks are ready, think about the leeks first. So usually when you cook the leeks uh, in a pan, they, um, they're very watery. So before putting the leeks in the puff pastry, drain them a little bit. Uh, take the peas and add a few spoons, let's say six, seven of whipped cream. Mix them all well together and then on, put them on top of the past pastry. Uh, when the leeks are drained, do the same with the leeks. So you're going to use the same technique. You're going to cook separately the peas and the leeks. And then you're just going to add a little bit of whipped cream. You mix them uh, well together and you put your ingredients on the puff pastry. That's basically the recipe. And then you're going to put the, um, the pie in the oven for about 20 minutes at 180 degrees Celsius. It's a really easy technique and you can use it for whatever ingredients you have. Just cook them and then add some whipped cream and a really good idea for the peas is to add some pancetta but of course it's not gonna be as healthy but believe me it's very very yummy well thank you Lolo that's very healthy option of a pie yeah like it's kind of healthy you, we are still using whipped cream but you need it to blend it well, <laughs> pancetta is optional but <laughs> I'm just adding literally a few spoons just to blend it well together uh, because if you, you can even try to put it just like that on the puff pastry, but I believe, I bet it's not going to be as yummy, but it's a still healthy option and it's very, it's very easy and it's very fast. It literally takes 30 minutes, 40 maximum, and you can even froze it. So what time should we come for dinner tonight? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> or you want to just bring it to uni? We are yeah. open to okay. options. <laughs> Lunch break. <laughs> All right, guys, this is everything for this week. Make sure you tune in again next week on Wednesday from 9 a.m. till 10 a.m. on UWS Radio, which is 87.7 FM. And yeah, don't forget to follow us on Instagram because we have a page now. You can find us under Clichéd Wednesdays. And if you missed an episode, you can find it on our Facebook page, Mixcloud, and now on CastBox as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you. See you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.